Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I got this like a month ago, what the Lord wanted me to talk about. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't know when I'm going to do this. But after this past week, after the past few weeks, um, Pastor Ministering and, and Pastor Greg Ministering, I saw where it fit. And actually Sunday night, um, Greg started saying some things at the end. And I'm like, oh, shit. You're going to steal my message and I'm going to have nothing and so little time to prepare. But he, it was perfect. God set me up perfectly. So um, I was super inspired by um, some things she said about being uncomfortable, getting you know out of your comfort zone. And then um, what Mark Bauer shared um, a few services ago. So it's, it's completely along that thread. So I want to talk to you tonight about looking for opportunities. Are you looking for opportunities? Are you looking for opportunities to let God use you? Are you actively looking for opportunities to jump in and share, you know, something that God has done in your life? Or are you going on autopilot? It's so easy to go on autopilot. I mean, everyone does it. Everyone gets up and they have their routine and they go to work and... And, but when, when you actively say, you know what, Lord, use me today, and you, you stay observant, you stay ready, you will find you have so many more opportunities. You know, don't just go on autopilot. God's wanting to use you guys. He's wanting to use you to minister to people all around you every day. Amen? So turn to Mark 16, 15. This is our great commission. You guys have heard, you know this. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Pastor was just talking about this. We share Jesus with people. We should be actively expecting signs to follow the word, because we're speaking the word. These signs will follow those who believe. If you guys have like a list of scriptures that you meditate on, or if you don't, it's a great idea. You know, tape it up to your mirror. If that's the first thing you see in the morning, or put it by your bed at night, write it down, or, you know, find the scripture, screenshot it, Have it be your main thing on the front of your iPad or your phone or whatever. But meditate on this. When you go out and you share and tell someone about Jesus, signs will follow. You might not always find out what's happened, you know, and how God moved. But if he's promising us this, it will happen. I had an opportunity to minister to a girl at school. She she grabbed my hand and I walked over and I was like, what? And she said, you know, I, I had, I was like, I don't know why she was telling me this. She said, I saw something like a ghost walk through my room and go through the wall. 
And I was working at school, and I had like two seconds because I was working. I was working, um, handing out stuff in the lunchroom and stuff because we're supposed to help out during lunches. And I just, you know, I didn't have time to really say a whole lot. I didn't really know her that well. And I just, you know, it was an opportunity. I just said, you know what? If it wasn't Jesus walking through your wall, then you need to tell it to go in Jesus' name. And she was like, oh, okay, you know. And then I had to go do something else. Well, then, like, a couple of, maybe, it wasn't even a week later, I had another opportunity. Um, I, had, I was able to be in her class at school. And she just started walking up to me to say something. And I didn't know what she was going to say. And I immediately answered it. It was the most supernatural thing. I just answered her question before she even said it. And she's like, how did you know that's what I was thinking? It didn't even have to do with schoolwork. And I was like, you know what? That's God getting her attention. That what I said to her about Jesus and that authority we have, that you can tell stuff to go. You don't put up with that. You don't play with that. He's getting her attention. This, this lady knows what she's talking about when it comes to Jesus. You know, it's just more and more of an open door. And I realized... Because I asked God, use me, send me to people. And because of that, he just, he sets me up. He will set you up so easily. Sometimes you, I'm going to get so far ahead of myself, I'm not even going to know how to get back. Sometimes, like one morning, I said, you know, I kind of had been on autopilot. And I'm like, okay, you know, I rally my kids too on the way to school. You guys need to be sharing Jesus. There, it's not like 20 years ago. You tell you, I've asked people, have you even heard of Jesus? And they're like, no. I mean, seriously, there are, there's a whole generation that's never even heard of him, but they've heard of supernatural, scary stuff because of all those movies that are out. It's so easy to share Jesus. So anyway, I had kind of been going on autopilot and I was putting on my makeup and I was like, Lord, you know, help me out here. So I don't have to just go, you know, dig in to stir up a conversation with someone, you know, help me out. And he was so faithful. That afternoon, I was working with three or four different kids, and the kids were doing their work. And this one kid, total chatterbox. I may have even shared this story before, so, but for those of you who haven't heard it, real chatterbox. I mean, he's just chatting and chatting and chatting, which was fine. He finally got to say something about... My sister said, I'll go to hell if I do this. And, and I don't want to go to hell because that's a really scary place. And I said, well, you know, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is exactly what I asked for this morning. I talk about falling in my lap. I said, well, you don't have to go to that place. I said, do you want to be sure you don't go to that place? I said, you need to know Jesus. If you have him in your heart, that's never going to happen. You're never going to see hell. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Class was letting out, and I said, I knew he went to, like, after school. I said, you go to after school, don't you? Excuse me, my throat's been kind of scratchy this week. And he's like, yeah. I said, meet me in the cafeteria after school. I said, and I will pray with you. So as soon as it was done, I think Joel was there. He probably even saw me. In the cafeteria, I found him. I explained it to him. I said, let's pray. We held hands, and we prayed right there. And, and it was so simple. I mean, God opened the door for that. If you're, like I said, if you're struggling and you're like, sometimes I don't know how to start the conversation, pray and ask God to set you up. He will set you up. And I mean, you'll see it. 
you will see the opportunity and just dive in and, and share. You may be the only person bold enough that comes across somebody's path. You don't want to look back later and be like, man, I, you know, they met so few Christians in their life and none of them said anything. And I didn't either. You don't want that. You don't want to live with that kind of regret. None of us do. Amen. Okay, I don't think I finished reading this. These signs will follow those who believe. And in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying, hey, can I pray for you? You know, that, that opens the door because people are always talking about how sick they are. I mean, that's, that, there's an opportunity right there. You know, and trust the Lord that he's going to use you in that way. Turn to Mark sixteen twenty. This is what happens when people are open and ready and looking for opportunities to minister. Mark sixteen twenty, And they went out, the disciples after they've been given this charge, and they went out and preached everywhere. That can be us. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Pastor was talking about this. Expect it. Expect it. You might not know it. You know, you're doing your part, and he can do his part, and sometimes you won't know. I guarantee you'll know it in heaven. That person's going to come up to you and tell you, hey, after you talk to me, get, you know, this happened, or, you know, I, we'll find out. Sometimes God's so faithful, he makes a way for you to find out. It's just, it's, it's awesome. He's so good that way. You know, a couple, of, um, a couple of weeks ago, one of Pastor's really, really good friends died, Pastor George Kearns. How many of you guys met him? They call him Praise the Lord George. He was a wild Indian, but he was such a blessing. I went to his funeral, and it was just, it, I got so edified being at his funeral it was very long because everybody wanted to say something. Everybody either had a story where he reached out to someone or they had a story, um, a crazy story, because he was, he was just wild. But um, he ministered to people everywhere he went. There was a recurring theme, wasn't there, Iris, about the post office. <laughs> Every time he went to the post office, they said he was, I guess he was cornering people at the post office and getting them saved. <laughs> I personally don't have that kind of boldness yet, but he did, and it was very impressive. And, and I know, you know, right now he's enjoying reward up in heaven. But he looked for opportunity everywhere he went, every restaurant, every post office, every time he went fishing. I mean, he really did. You could be with him having a conversation, but as soon as he saw somebody, you know, it's like he had radar. He was going, I mean, your conversation was done. He was going after that person. He was going to see if they're saved, even if he knew they were saved. <laughs> he just wanted to be sure. But he, you know, he just, he, he knew God. He knew Jesus. He, he knew, and he just wanted people to know what he had. He just wanted that. And, you know, that's part of who we are. That's how Jesus ministered to people. He said he had compassion upon people. If you're wondering, well, you know, because you hear us say a lot, well, be led by your heart. Go with your heart when you're being led. You know, well, what is that? How do I know it's not my head and it's my heart? Your heart 
your heart at times, it, it's when you become overwhelmed with compassion towards someone. That's your heart saying, you know, that's one way to know. I'm not saying that's always the way to know, but that's a really good way. When you just, you have compassion for somebody. Jesus had compassion for people and amazing miracles happened when he went and prayed for them. And we can minister to people the same way. When you, you know, you just hear someone's story and sometimes you're just, you don't even know that person's story. You haven't even met them yet, but you just, it just kind of, you just have a heart for somebody. That's God moving on you. He wants you to speak to them. And, and like I said, if you don't know how to get it rolling, ask him to help you and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He will help us in any situation. But we have to ask. We have to remember to be active, actively seeking, actively asking, Lord, use me, do this, because he's waiting. He's just waiting on us. Amen. You know, Jesus saw opportunity with the woman at the well. You know, he... He saw opportunity. He didn't, he, he had so much to do when he was here. He did not even have to take time out with the woman at the well. You know, he, he saw opportunity and he went with it. He ministered to her. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, she saw an opportunity. She saw an opportunity and she seized upon it. You know, what she, they said that she heard about Jesus. Well, what did she hear? Most likely she heard that he prayed for people and they got healed. Well, she's probably thinking, how am I going to even, you know, she could have thought, I don't think she did, or if she did, she just put that aside. Well, how am I going to get him to pray for me? Because especially when she saw the crowds, she showed up and there's all these huge crowds. She, she just said, you know what, this is an opportunity and I'm going to get in on it any way that I can. And whether he prays for me, looks at me, or anything, I'm getting what I need. She, and she just said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get there, you know, she probably was very weak. You know, she had struggled for years and years, and she was about to go out and do something probably no one had done before. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will get my healing. And she did. She see, she saw an opportunity and she seized upon it. Amen. We can do that. We, we need to look and expect opportunities, you know, to minister to other people, but also for ourselves, you know, seize upon opportunities, expect God to move. You know, the guy hanging on the cross when Jesus was crucified, he seized upon an opportunity. He could have been like, well, you know, I'm, he looks like he's in awful shape. I'm not going to bother talking to him because <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was a big, bad, bloody mess. And he seized upon an opportunity. You know what? I believe this guy probably was the son of God, and I'm, I'm going to get what I need because <laughs> I need God right now. He did, and that man, Jesus said, you know, we'll be in heaven you know, this day. So he seized upon it. And Jesus saw an opportunity to minister to that guy. He didn't have to speak to that guy. He could have been like, can't you see this is the biggest thing going on ever? (laughs) I'm kind of busy right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they said he was tempted in every way like we were. I think that there's thoughts that he probably could have had or had, you know, 
He probably didn't think that, you know. But still, still, if he was tempted like we were, you know. So don't be down on yourself when you have thoughts like that. But you just say, uh-uh, nope, not doing that. You know, so he ministered to that guy, and that guy's in heaven, you know. So turn to Acts 2.13. Has anybody been watching the um, live stream this week? Oh, several. All right. It's been really good. It's such a blessing to see. Besides the fact that there's such good meetings, it's such a blessing just to see a group of people who believe like we do. It's just encouraging. It's It's been really awesome this week. And, and Pastor has just been on fire. <laughs> it's been really good. So Acts 2.13 And I didn't put the whole scripture. I just put the little part. So in Acts 2, Jesus told them to wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came in big time. They got full of the Holy Spirit. And um, it says, and then people heard them speaking in tongues, heard them speaking other languages, their languages, heard them praising God. And then they started making fun of them. In Acts 2.13, it says, others mocking said, they are full of new wine. Well, apparently they were speaking in tongues and probably stumbling around a whole bunch, and people were mocking them. Well, Peter saw an opportunity here. You know, he could have just said, I'm going to just, whatever, ignore those people and forget them. I'm just going to enjoy this blessing. And I don't really care what they think because this is awesome. This is exactly what Jesus told us. There's, there's a million reasons why he, couldn't, he could have just stayed quiet. But if you go to Acts 2, 14 through 17, Peter saw a great opportunity. And in my Bible, I don't know if it's in yours, it says, but... Peter. Does Miss Iris, does yours start out with but Peter? You know, that shows you the natural, finite, you know, heartbeat of this world. You know, there's a flow of this world. Because this is a world that the devil is running. And it has a flow and it has a heartbeat. And but Peter. He could have gone along with that and kept his mouth shut. But Peter, he opened his mouth. He stood up. He seized upon an opportunity. He stood up with the 11, raised his voice and said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk. Because people were making fun of them. They said, they're all, they're drunk. They've just been drinking. He said, no, no, they're not drunk like you think, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He knew his Bible, and many of these guys did too. A lot of them were Jewish people that knew what the prophet Joel had prophesied. So he said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your, your old men shall dream dreams. You know, he got up and 
he just said, hey, you know, like I said, he could have kept his mouth shut. And, and I think the devil would have been completely happy with that. It would, things just, you know, he would have gotten bold later, I'm sure. But he is his butt Peter. He got up, he spoke, he seized upon an opportunity and turned to Acts 2.37. And he talked for a while. I can't read the whole thing. It would take too long. But he talked and ministered to those people for a while and they listened. In Acts 2.37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. He's And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You know, they're they're getting ministered to. They're like, wow, you know, this is is pretty epic. I mean, they've changed their tune. Then Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, you can have this too. So Peter saw an opportunity and he ran with it, and he just got more bold, and I, I guarantee he seized upon more and more and more opportunities as it went on. I guarantee there's ones that aren't even written down in the Bible. As you seize upon an opportunity to minister to somebody, God is going, he's, he's not only going to confirm his word when you speak it, but he's going to set you up more and more because he said he sees you know he's a gentleman he doesn't want to push anything on you but he sees that you're open you're willing to be used and he will begin to set you up more and more he'll begin to send people to you and it's really fun it's fun to be used by God and see the blessing that comes in when you do um turn to Ephesians six eighteen. I only have like three points to this. I tried to keep it short because I usually walk in here with like seven to eight pages of notes. But that's because I use a really big font. So I don't have to use my reading glasses because it's too hard to do my regular glasses and reading glasses up here with one hand. It's Forget it. I'm not doing that. So I'm trying to keep it short because the last time I ran all the way to the end and the time before I ran over and I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that this time. Uh, I'm not going to have a million, no, the biggest reason is I'm not going to have a million notes because I'm going to trust God to be able to say and not just read my notes. <laughs> and that's, that's the biggest truth right there. But I did take the other into consideration too. So my uh, second point is don't make excuses. Like, uh, they probably already know Jesus. That's a big one. Oh, they look like they have it all together. You know, people can look like they have everything going on so perfect in their lives. You cannot judge someone like that. You know, or the opposite. Oh, they are such a hot mess. I bet a hundred people have told them about Jesus. (laughs) Probably no one. You know, you cannot allow yourselves to think these thoughts and let it stop you. Just, no, I'm not having these thoughts. If I, you know, if I'm being, feel like I need to minister to this person, I'm just going to do it. You know, just do it. Just, if it's just an opportunity that you have, just do it. Um, the other day there was a girl sitting on a bench waiting for a bus. And I was kind of on autopilot. I'm just like standing there. And then I'm like, wait a minute, there's like nobody around. This is a perfect opportunity. 
And I think she was in first grade or something. And so I'm like, I'm taking this opportunity. So I go and sit down. And I'm like, do you know Jesus? I mean, I just started off, bam. <laughs> you know, I mean, she kind of knew me. You know, it's not like I hadn't had chit-chat with her. Hey, how's it going? Have a good day or whatever. I'm like, do you know Jesus? And she's like, no. She'd ne- I'm like, you never heard of Jesus? She had never heard. It's another one. I, f- I keep finding that so much. I'm like, wow, well, do you want to know? You know, he's really awesome. And when I was about your age, you know, it was so easy. I just told, I just told her my experience and, and how good he was to me. And, and I said, well, do you want Jesus in your heart? Yeah, yeah. And she, like, got excited, like, yay. You know, it was so cute. I said, well, let's just pray. And so we prayed, and she got born again. And I, I said, you know, tell your brothers and sisters, because she's got about 20. <laughs> she, she comes from a really big family, and so... Like, you need to tell them. Okay, okay. But it, I, you know, I wasn't, I, was, I didn't look over and start crying with compassion for her. It was just an opportunity. It's not always going to happen that way where you're welling up for, it doesn't always happen that way. That is a good way to know, you know, God is probably leading you to someone to talk to them. But sometimes it's just, there was an opportunity. There was nothing going on, and it was just perfect. You know, she didn't have her brothers and sisters around pestering her. You know, I knew I could be able to talk to her one-on-one. You know, so just seize an opportunity. It's, it's super easy. And the more, the, and don't make excuses. I could have made a thousand excuses. Well, I got to be somewhere soon. Or what if I do this and someone sees me and I get fired? What if somebody sees me ministering to someone on the job and I miss out on that promotion because they just think I'm a big flake. You know what? God will promote me. I am not worried about it. And I've never had a problem with it. Never. I mean, you know, obviously I do my job. <laughs> I don't do it to the point where I'm not doing my job. I'm not saying that. But when I have opportunity, I absolutely jump on it. I don't, and don't allow yourself to make an excuse wherever you work. I don't care. Working, I mean, think about it. This It's such a small blip on eternity's radar. What you're doing right now, you're going to look back and think, man, I had so many relationships at work. People, you know, sometimes you work closely with people. You find out a lot about them. You have a lot of opportunity to talk to them. Just do it. Do it because you're going to look back and be like, man, I wish I had said something. You, you don't want that. You don't want to have that regret. Amen? So don't allow yourself to make excuses. Um, sometimes people are afraid, well, what if I start talking to them, start sharing Jesus with them, and they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? Well, there's two kinds of people that do that. People who are generally, they just want to know. And then there's some people who are just wanting to get into a religious debate. I mean, don't go there. That's, that's completely aside from the whole point. <laughs> just steer clear of that. And if, if that's what they're wanting to do, I mean, I, I've had a few do that, and I'm like, I, I end up very nicely just wrapping up the conversation because I can tell the difference. Um, I've done it enough times to know that they're just wanting to have an argument. Sometimes people are just honestly have questions. 
And if, and if they ask you something you don't know the answer to or you don't know where the scripture is or whatever, it's okay to just say, hey, you know, I'm not sure. I can, I can ask my pastor or I can, don't ask me, or I can look it up and I can tell you later I'll get back with you. That's okay. I mean, just be normal. Just be who you are. God wants to use you. You know, flaws and all. He wants to use you if he's moving on you because he knows you're you're ready. He knows you're equipped. You don't have to know it all. That's a big excuse people use. Well, I don't know how to say. Don't use that excuse. You're not allowed. Amen? Um, Another big excuse is, well, I'm just really chicken. I'm not bold enough. Did I tell you guys to turn to 618 Ephesians? Okay. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul was praying these prayers. He, he knew he needed utterance. That's when God is giving you the words to say. He knew he needed that. He prayed for that. And he prayed that he would speak boldly about God. He wouldn't be a chicken. So whatever you want to make that excuse, pull the scripture up and think, wow, what a big effect Paul had on people and in the Bible. He was very epic. And he asked for this, and God obviously granted it. When you ask God for something, he's not going to give you something else. He's going to give you what you ask. It's just that simple. Things with God are not complicated. If someone tries to make it out like it's really complicated, then they don't really know who he is. Amen? So you can't use that excuse that you're too chicken. And you know what? I'm telling you all these excuses because they are all ones that I have used. They are all ones that I have thought of. I'm I'm just saying it like it is. And I've learned to get over it. And I've learned how fun it is. And, and, and I let the importance, I try to put myself in their shoes. Someone's shoes who is walking around on this earth. And they know things just aren't right, but they don't, they don't even know who to turn to. They don't know how to find out what's right. And they're, they're hungry for God, but they don't even know they're hungry for God. But... You know, I try to put myself in their shoes, and I, I try to remember myself. You know, I knew God as a, at a young age, but he was not um, represented to me in the way that I had any real relationship with. Because the church that I went to, they didn't really know him, and they didn't explain it to me. And so I had just turned my back on God. But I was hungry. I knew things, there was something better. You know, and so I try to put, I put myself in that position and remember what that's like. And I let that, you know, compassion and well up in me so I can just to override any nervousness, anything. And, and, you know, but God's given us scriptures here. If you write these down, if you have issues with any of these things, God's given us everything we need. We are equipped and he's given us scriptures to help us get over these things because he wants to use us. He wants to bring more blessing into your life. And when he can use you more, he will. He's just that good that he doesn't, you know how people are like, oh, I just felt like so used. I didn't feel appreciated or anything. You will never feel that way with God. Never. 
being used by God is like the greatest thing ever. It truly, truly is. So another excuse people make is, I'm not a good speaker. Well, neither was Moses. Turn to Exodus 4.10. another excuse we're not allowed to have. Moses, very boldly, even though he didn't think he was bold, told God that. (laughs) He did. It's kind of funny that way. He said, you know what? I am not eloquent. He said, oh, Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? He's showing him in a very basic sense. I made you, you know, I made you like me. You can do this. You are made in my image. I'm asking you to do this. You can do this. And later on, as it goes further down, he says to him, I will be with your mouth. I mean, he he actually said, I will be with your mouth. If you're not bold or you're afraid to speak, remember, just say, you know what? God is with me. He is with my mouth. He will fill my mouth with the words that I need to speak, to say to someone, to bring life to them. Amen. God took care of Moses, didn't he? He accomplished phenomenal things, being someone who couldn't speak. You know, God, God came through on his promises. So another problem, another excuse is, well, and I kind of covered this earlier. Well, how do I start the conversation? And as I mentioned earlier, you know, before you go out for your day, ask God to set you up. Say, Lord, set me up. Send someone to me. Send me to someone else that I can minister to, whether it's just pray for them or whatever. And, you know, sometimes, um, like I found this the other day, I was talking, you know, people talk about current events, and they usually end talking about a current event with, wow, this world is so crazy. I mean, how many of you guys have heard that comment from people? This world is just nuts. You know, because it's true. And that's an opportunity right there. You know, I, I found so many opportunities to talk to teachers at the school. Just, you know, yeah, it is nuts. You know why? And then I can explain, you know, because they're like, man, where was God in all this? Where was God in the shootings? And, you know, let me, hey, let, you know, if you got him, and I can explain a little bit. And it's they're like, wow, never thought about it that way. You know, that's an opportunity. Don't just sigh it in and say, yeah, it's crazy. And then don't say anything else. You know, that's an opportunity. That's an open door right there. You know, and like I said, trust God. He will give you the words to speak. So we're not, you're not allowed to make excuses. And we'll think about it. You know, when you start making excuses, think about it this way. It's not God. It never will be God. God never makes excuses. He never makes excuses when it comes to doing something for us. And you never see in the Bible where Jesus was like, he was supposed to go minister to someone, and he's like, ah, you know, I'm really hungry. I'm just going to go eat right now. You know, I don't have time for that. You never see that. 
You know, you don't see it in the Bible. So that means we don't do it. <laughs> don't allow it. And, and, and they might be, you know, super epic excuses, you know, but just don't allow it if you've got that opportunity, you know, take it. I mean, I'm not saying be letter to the law and beat yourself up. You know, don't do that. God's not wanting that either. <laughs> you know, you got to take care of your family and you got to have your priorities straight. You know, you know what I'm saying. But, but you know you and you know when you're trying to wiggle out of something in your mind by me, you know, I know me and I know like, you know, I didn't really have to go right that second. I could have stayed, talked to that person. I was just being a chicken. And you know, let's just not allow those kind of things anymore. Amen. You know, take advantage of every situation that you've got, every situation. It can be so easy. You know, you can just throw stuff out there if you only have a little bit of time you know, I I had this kid at school come up to me. Actually, he's next door, and he was telling the kids at the table. Apparently, I'm the wasp killer at the school, and I I don't know why everyone's so freaked out about a wasp. So even the adults, there's a wasp. Go get it. I'm like, okay, take off my shoe, and go get the wasp. So the kid was like, she's not afraid of anything. Like she's the mighty wasp killer. So this little girl was saying that to one of the kids next door. So he raised his hand, had me come over. She's saying this about you. And I said, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I started walking away, and I was like, you know what? I said, you're right. I am not afraid of anything. I said, you know why? And the whole table was looking at me. I said, because I have Jesus. I am not afraid of anything. And this little kid at the end of the table goes, me too. And they all looked at him, and it was awesome. And I had to go. Like, I was done. I was supposed to go and take, do my responsibilities. But I thought, you know, now they know. They know. If they want to know more or they have questions, they know. And they know that kid knows. And it gave him an opportunity. I mean, it's such a small thing. It's not like I epically got the whole table saved or something. It wasn't like that. But it was an opportunity just to show Jesus somewhere, you know, even something that small, you can just, just throw it out there. And that might not work on a table of adults. I know, but you know what I mean? Put it in your age group and make it work. So, (laughs) so, you know, looking for opportunities is, is actually a godly attribute. Turn to Genesis one, two. It's big time, a godly attribute. Don't you think God, he looked for opportunities to get to you? What if he made excuses and was too busy when you needed him most? You know, he knew for me, he knew I was hungry, but didn't know how to find God. And he was there. He was just, you know, and I look back, he was there. For that second, I took one step towards him. He was there. It wasn't like I turned towards him and, (laughs) where are you, God? As soon as I took that step of faith, you know, that I had, oh, my gosh, you know, I had read one of Brother Hagin's books, and I had revelation. He he is, this is real. (laughs) This is not like what I had learned as a kid. 
he's real and I can talk to him and he hears me. This is, I, I, once I took that step, I mean, he met me right there. And it, I mean, has just taken me so far with him. And he, thank God, he's looking for opportunities. He's looking for opportunities to minister to your family members. In Genesis 1-2, the earth was without form void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I love the scripture. It makes me think of how he's just, he's just hovering. He's ready. He's on go to minister to people. But we got to come in. We got to come in and point them in the right direction. And bam, he's there. He's there to perform his word. He's there to do what he does. He's there to show himself. We need to expect that. We need to do our part, and then we need to expect it big time. You know, remember that. He's there. He's hovering. He's absolutely ready. So, number one, are you looking? Do not go on autopilot every day. (laughs) Do not do it. Look for opportunities. Look, don't, and number two, don't make excuses. Look for excuses to minister to somebody. Turn it around that way. And number three, fear. Don't let fear stop you. Turn to um, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. You know, fear is a spirit, and we have to deal with it differently. It's a spirit. And... Turn to Ephesians sixteen eighteen. I want I want um, Jimmy to come up here for a second, because I I want you to kind of have a visual of how scary a beast fear is. <laughs> so come here and stand right. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. I needed someone big and you know like. <laughs> Big and commanding to do this. <laughs> okay, that is not scary. You gotta look scary. Okay. Now you gotta think of it this way. <laughs> okay, I don't think this is scary enough. Hang on, hang on. I got something to make you a little bit more intimidating. Here, put this on. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> okay, here's fear. That's better. Isn't that better? All right. So now you can smile and nobody will know. All right. So this is fear. And he will try to follow you around. You know, that, that, that scary hair on the back of your neck standing up kind of a thing. It's a spirit. The Bible says so. You know, you need to deal with it differently. You know, if, if I just start, okay, here's fear, because I am just too chicken to minister to someone because they're really high up, and it's just, I'm too chicken. And, and so you can actually get fearful. And you can give in to fear and then not do it. And that's, that's what the spirit of fear is wanting to do. Um, he's wanting you to yield and respond, you know, 
to everything. <laughs> okay, you're not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to be intimidated. <laughs> okay, so if I'm just like, okay, I'm scared, but I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things. Greater is he that's in me. He's not going anywhere. You, you need to know these scriptures, but you need to take authority over that first. Don't pull out your scriptures. You deal with that fear first. You tell it to go in Jesus' name, just like I told that little girl. Go in Jesus' name. Okay, you can go. <laughs> See, it works. Get out of here in Jesus' name. <laughs> deal with it. Take the authority God gave you to deal with it. Oh, my gosh. They need one that fits your body. It's too small. It's like a shrunken Wookiee head. So deal with fear first or deal with Jimmy or whatever. And then stir yourself up. You know, greater is he. No, you're out of here in Jesus' name. I am more than a conqueror. In Christ Jesus, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stir yourself up. When you deal with it, you, you can tell the difference. When you, when you deal with it in faith, absolutely. And I, you know when it's just straight up fear, that immediate scared. I mean, for whatever situation. You may not even ever, you know, fear may not even bother you when it comes to talking to people. Because that's just, he knows you're not going to yield to it. And so... You know, you deal with other things when it comes to talking to people like we talked about. But if it does, if you get to that place where it's, you know, it looms large like that, deal with it. Tell it to go. It will. Amen? You have to take authority over it. And, uh, you know, some people just lack self-confidence just generally. And, you know, just meditate on how much God has been, how much he's put into you especially if you've been coming here a long time, just think, you know what? That is just the devil telling me I can't do something. And that is such a lie because so much, think so much has been put into me. I know so much. It has to come out. It will come out. You know, trust God. Just trust him and see. Trust him and see how he will move when you give him something to work with. He's waiting on us. Amen. He's waiting on us to just seize these opportunities and we can do it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.